and got wrapped up in the song and singing. I forgot it was my turn. <laughs> oh, man, I am so happy to be here today. Um, Jake warned me earlier. Um, was it yesterday? I think it was yeah, yesterday. Jake was, was like, well, the, um, the choir's going to bring it this morning. And I said, all right, we'll bring it. And since this morning, they've been bringing it. And so I just want to thank the music ministry for all that you're doing. And um, it's been great. And, and thank you for welcoming me here um, this morning. And it's been um, fabulous meeting, you know, you, you Pastor Kelly, and, and just many of you. So, um, again, my name is Masia Evans, and I'm the campus co-pastor at CA House and the director of programming at its multi-faith living community. And... Um, you know, it has been fabulous walking into this leadership position. Um, I just graduated from Pacific School of Religion with my MDiv back in May. And for two years previous, I've been doing my internship there at CA House under um, the watchful care of my mentor, Reverend Kristen Stone King, who is here. Um, so it's been a blessing to be able to attempt to walk in her, her um, footsteps and to make my mark, and to walk in this greater CA House tradition, um, which includes its supporting ministries like this church, Davis United Methodist Church, and to be able to walk with the mantle a little bit of decades and decades and decades of a community that is completely um, committed to social justice and being a space and a place for the um, love and witness of Jesus in this Davis community. So, Thank you for just welcoming me to this space this morning. Um, so when I was first asked to speak this morning, I knew that this was a learned community. And so I brushed up on my Bonhoeffer. I messed around with Tillich a little bit. And for those who have a high Christology, I even looked at a little Bart. I... Um, you know, looked at some of my favorite feminist and womanist theologians and maybe dabbled in some liberation theologies. I was getting it just right to try to impress y'all, right? But then I came across this shirt. And I'm so sorry that my family is unable to be here today, but this is my daughter's favorite shirt. My daughter, Niara, is five years old. And right now, I'm at this place where I'm trying to let her express her autonomy a little bit. So you find these places. So I said, Niara, all right, baby, you can go to your room and be as creative as you want. You can pick out any outfit. You put it together. You'll wear it. Daddy won't say nothing. You go for it. So she had this little mischievous smile on her face, right? And she goes behind and closes the door. All right, so I hear some rummaging going on behind the door, right? There's drawers opening, there's pirouettes, I presume, happening, there's stuff happening. So after some time, she emerges from her room. And the first thing that I see is her face, right? A huge smile, as if she accomplished something. There was a I'm proud of myself smile, right? But let me draw your attention to what was happening below the neckline, okay? So the, the aforementioned shirt, so we got this shirt, beautiful shirt, red, there's, you know, there's, we got birds and hearts and all types of stuff. 
But it was paired with, it was a purple polka dot skirt. It was also, there was also uh, uh, rainbow like leggings, which had like this pattern on it, like a box pattern on it. I don't know where we got that. Um, And then there was gold sparkly princess slippers that appeared to make the ensemble complete. And so I asked her to go and be creative, and she came out really loudly. She was expressing her creativity loudly. And that's where I get this topic that we're going to explore today, living love loudly. Because I believe that encapsulate what I believe the gospel message is about, living love loudly, and especially what we're doing at CA House and its ministries. So let's go in and talk about this thing called love, shall we? Y'all going to come with me? All right. So it's something, this thing called love, that philosophers and theologians and poets and artists have opined and written about or sing songs about or wrote poetry about for millennium, right? And if you even back up on a cosmic level and see the oneness of the universe, you can say that love is that thing that holds this whole universe together. It's mysterious like how God is. It's that undefinable force in the universe that so captures the imagination that the epistle writer, John, said that whatever love is, God is. And whatever God is, let's equivalent that to, let's, let's make that um, the same as love. So we know that the New Testament references as well. Eros, phileo, agape, or agapeo. But for the purposes of today, love is that force in this world that allows us to see as God sees and allow us to see ourselves in each other. One of my favorite quotations by Martin Luther King is one where he says, we are all caught up in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. This reality of the allness and the connectivity of life has an ethical imperative to it. And love is our response to our understanding of our innate interrelatedness. So here comes the story of the Good Samaritan. When I was first asked what scripture you wanted to use, I didn't know what I was going to speak about, but the, the story of the Good Samaritan is like my favorite, at least in the Gospels. So I said that. I said, We'll put this one down, and I know that it will speak to me because it always speaks to me in new and fresh ways. But let's quickly recap what happens in that passage in Luke. So a lawyer comes up to Jesus and asks, what do I need to get eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you know, you know the scriptures. Bring it to me. You, You talk to me. And he says, well, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, strength, mind, soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus is like, cool, you got it. And then the, the lawyer tries to go in a little bit and says, kind of get tricky and say, oh, 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 but wait, Jesus, who is my neighbor? And of course, Jesus then goes into the story that was so eloquently recapped by the young man who was at the table. He really was paying attention. So it was, so it was great. But he goes into that story that ends with um, Jesus talking about um, you know, how this Samaritan man, you know, binds up and cares for this man who was left to die. So Jesus does many things in his response, right? 
The first thing is that he kind of flips it on the cagey lawyer. And he encodes this resetting of priorities. You see, the lawyer asked, who is my neighbor? Or, who should be the recipient of my love? Implied in that statement is the admission of limitation. It's almost as if he said, I only got so much love to give, so who is worthy of that love? But after the story, Jesus retorts, who was the neighbor to the man who was injured? He flips it from object to subject. In essence, Jesus was saying it matters not so much of trying to figure out who your neighbor is. The question is, are you being neighborly? It matters not so much who you are extending your love to, but are you being loving at all times? You see, love is an inside job. And getting to that place of having a capacity to love as just a byproduct of your being is something that is not necessarily easy. And so I'm glad that we have these stories of these people that we look up to. And, and I'm not into mythologizing anyone, but I do love Martin Luther King very much. And um, there's a story that is told about him. He was at this event, giving a speech, where this man approached him and asked him, are you Dr. King? Well, he answered, yes, I am. And the man proceeded to spit right on his suit. Well, Dr. King calmly took out his handkerchief, wiped the hate off his suit, and handed it back to the man, saying, this, sir, I believe, belongs to you. See, he had built the capacity to love with a love that was not conditional. And this is what we must strive for, the son-type love that gives of its light without discrimination. So the key in loving others is keying in on the ability to be loving. Still, I must say that often when we talk about love, it is usually outwardly directed. But as a lawyer said, you are to love the Lord your God with all your strength, heart, mind, soul, sometimes it says will, and to love your neighbor, what, as, as yourself. So sometimes we try to live loving lives, but we become a walking contradiction because we have yet to truly fully love and embrace ourselves. Love is developing the capacity to see ourselves as God sees us. I mean, let me, let, me, let me talk a little bit about my daughter, Niara, a little more. I don't know about you, especially the parents in here, but I do this thing now where I spy on my child a lot. Um, I hope that's not creepy, but I kind of just sometimes get this feeling, I just want to just look at her and marvel. It just seems like yesterday she was a baby, and now she's talking, and now she's interacting. So I, 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 I just stand in the doorway sometimes while she's playing blocks or playing with her dolls or doing her homework now, some crazy stuff. And I'm looking at her, and I say in my mind, Niara, you have no idea how much I love you. No idea. How much more is God standing in the door sills of our own lives saying that same exact thing? You have no idea how much I love you. Oh, to know that we are loved. 
How liberating and free like my daughter emerging from her room in that loud collage of colors and patterns. Oh, to be liberated from our sometimes self-imposed prisons of self-condemnation and self-judgment where we lack self-patience or self-forgiveness. Oh, to be free from the stories that we repeat to ourselves about how we are inadequate or unable. Oh, to be free from worry about what she says or what he says or what they say, but to be only concerned about what God says and that God says, I love you because you are mine and that you bear my image in reflection. Good friend of mine and colleague, Reverend Kevin from Sacramento said, that you are a one-time event in human history. No one can do you like you do you. God has chosen to be in relationship with you, not despite you, but because of you. And you have something that is unique and transformative to bring to this world. And no, we are not perfect, but through God's grace, we are constantly growing into that deep mystery of Christ in you. So you live, love loudly when you are loving others. You live, love loudly when you fall in love with yourself. And loud loving allows you to see the evidence of love all around you. But I must admit, perceiving love around you is not always easy because there are other things in our lives that it's easier to get into. For instance, it is easy to get caught up in the whirlwind of things that need to be done. It is easy to get caught up in our classes and all the relationships that we're trying to maintain. It is easy to get consumed in the vortex of to-do lists and checked boxes. It is easy to develop finger cramps as one responds to the unrelenting tones of texts or dings that alert me to the next meeting on my filled calendar on my iPhone. It is easy to get lost in stuff. It is easy to start drowning in the waters of incessant activity. But love sometimes appears as that small voice that calls our attention to the beautiful things that sometimes gets lost in the hustle of it all. Like this morning, the beauty found in that silence, broken by a psalm of praise, sung by a lone bird still shrouded in the still dark dawn. Or the beauty found in shared laughter with friends while recalling memories of the, in the safe space that only loved ones can provide. Or the beauty found in that one seemingly random conversation with that one seemingly random student in the quad that helps them remember their spiritual brilliance and maybe giving them the courage to move on. Or the beauty found in my daughter Niara, once again, who gently forces me to slow down and to pause and notice the little things like the intricate swirl design on the back of a snail shell or the dew glistening on a dandelion. Or the, or the way the, 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 the rays of the sun pierces the clouds. Those are the things that she notices. Or the beauty found in the patience of my wife, Kawami, the way she gently holds and inspires my coming into my best self, revealing the definition of what it means to not just be a good partner, but what it means to be a friend along the journey. It is imperative that we seek to cultivate a greater capacity to perceive love and be loving. 
not only because I believe it is an essential part of who we are metaphysically, but on a relational level, love is that twinkle that breaks through our sin-fed perceptions of separation and allows us to see each other as sisters and as brothers. Love allows us to see that we are all caught up in this inescapable network of mutuality. Love allows us to see that we have a stake not just in each other's survival, but in each other's well-being. Love allows us to reach out to people in need like that Samaritan did those many years ago. Love is that thing that becomes the calling card of those who shall be called the disciples of Jesus. For as the song says, they will know that we are Christians by our love. love. So in conclusion, I'm thinking about this poem by the 14th century Persian poet named Hafiz. And the poem is entitled, The Sun Never Says. And it's a simple poem. It goes, even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights up the whole sky. Now, we might not light up the whole sky, but I believe that we are called to live our love loudly, to illumine places where we live and where we work, to let our light so shine that God is glorified and that the healing work of the Spirit is made throughout this earth and justice is made known through all people, to walk with Samaritan sandals and live loving lives without abandon in the same manner that my daughter emerged from that bedroom with polka dot skirt and stripes and rainbows and blue barrettes and and sparkly princess slippers and this shirt. In doing so, we further the work of Jesus on this earth. And the call today is to live our love with the volume pumped up way past 10. Amen.